This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Can I do the intro? No, you suck at intros. Oh, come on. So good intro. No, just, just, I, bro, I, you have just, no intro history. Let me, man. let me just demo an intro for your, you. Your resume sucks. It has not, no intro history. <laughs> well, let me demo one. Okay, go ahead and demo I, one. And I'll just delete it, but I'll let you do it. <laughs> This is episode 121, I believe, of the Clock Dodgers podcast. I'm your host, Neil. With me is Adam, a.k.a. the other FF guy. What's up, Adam? Not too much, Neil. You forget how to count or something? Uh, Sometimes I forget which episode I'm on, man. I'm not great with numbers. And that's not a good thing, being that this is a fancy podcast, but, you know, (laughs) kind of the big deal numbers, you know? It's not that important. <laughs> uh, listen, depending on when you're listening to this episode, it's the 2018-19 NFL season. It could be first games already played. It could have not played yet. It really just depends on when you get to it. But first thing I want to do, Adam, before we get into anything, is I have three quick tips for positive fantasy karma. I think this is this is important, Adam. You know I'm big into the salt lamp over here, and I think the karma thing plays into that. Um, after I rattle these off, I want to know if you have any laws that you live by to keep, you know, the, in, in the interest of keeping the karma on your side. All right. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's all, all right. about the jujus. It's all about the juju. Yeah, not, not the juju Smith-Susters, but like the good and bad jujus. Not that like juju Smith-Suster is good or bad. We'll get to that. But, exactly. But just like juju in general. In general. I once drafted Tim Tebow just for karma. So this is the serious stuff here. <laughs> oh, wow. You're committed <laughs> to the craft. Huh? So number one. Don't be a shithead just to win your fantasy league. And by by that, what I mean exactly is don't accept trades that are 100% lopsided. Nobody likes to have to veto trades. No one wants to ruin the harmony of the league. Just, you know what a good offer is. You know what an awful offer is. Manage them like an adult. Adam, before I continue, do you agree or disagree? Unless there's enough money on the line, then it's okay to lose those friends. No, it's not. Never okay. <laughs> Next, number two. This is why I shouldn't have stopped. Stay active. <laughs> I don't give a shit if you're 0-10. Make it your mission to ruin somebody's season. Take the players that are on waivers so they can't have them. You know, whatever you got to do. Make the last few weeks for somebody miserable rather than making it easy wins for them. Have some pride. Adam, what is your take? Neil's already planning to go 0 and 10. Okay. <laughs> You've been paying attention to your Raiders too much, dude. This guy. Number three, interact. 
I could be just as antisocial as the next guy, honestly. But in fantasy football, it's about bonding, man. Shit talking, having a good time. Set up a group chat for your league, have side bets, trades, make waiver moves, start a league podcast, a newsletter, whatever. Join a league and then go in ghost is one of the lamest things people do. I can't stand it. Don't be that guy. Adam, are you that guy? All right. Well, here, here I 100% agree, man. It's always made my life a little bit better having friends, talking shit, and just enjoying being a part of fantasy football. Having friends is like an underrated thing, right? I mean, it's typically pretty decent. Hey, man, so. <laughs> the couple I have are pretty nice. <laughs> it's a pretty decent thing. So it's do you right. have any things like this, friends? Adam? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> no, not friends. Do you have any superstitions, any little laws you live by, don't step on the crack, those kind of things that you have for fantasy football, or you just kind of go with the flow and lose like most years? Um, I try not to talk shit about fantasy players, uh, like NFL professional football players, as though I own them or something, uh, in the sense of like... If Le'Veon Bell decides that he wants to hold out, like, he's going to hold out. I'll have to figure out what to do for fantasy. It's kind of absurd, but let the kid do what the kid's going to do. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Talking shit to NFL athletes is a big one. Um, as long as you stay away from that, I, I agree. That's a good That's a good one. I didn't think about it. I didn't put it on a list. I could have four. It's all right. Now, you did mention Le'Veon Bell. So, we might as well turn this over to week one conversation and let's start with that man, the man of the hour who, as one anonymous teammate, I think, I think he's anonymous at this point, so kindly put it, he fucked us. Um, You know, Le'Veon Bell, man, he's kind of decided to not show for week one and willing to wait it out longer, possibly, it sounds like, you know, until he's happy with his contract situation. Um, Initial thoughts from Adam, sounds like he's pretty upset, even though he doesn't want to tell Le'Veon Bell he is. Is that right, Adam? <laughs> <laughs> even though you don't want to tell him? Uh, I'm not that upset. I, I own him in like one league of mention. I own him in the Scott Fishbowl. Um, other than that, I have pretty low ownership of Bell. So overall, I'm not hurting from a fantasy perspective. But man, if the guy decides that he wants to hold out because he thinks that's the best thing for his career, let him hold out. Personally, I think that he's going to show up basically on Sunday and collect that first game day paycheck. But he'll show up late enough that he doesn't play. He might hold out all 10 games, though. At this point, I mean, really, it's anybody's guess. He's the only one who knows, or potentially his agent's the only one who knows, because oftentimes in these situations, it can be just as much about the agent as it is the player. So who knows at this point? Um, I think these are the kind of things, though, that keep fantasy football really, really interesting, because I just did a draft literally like two hours ago, and he ended up falling to eighth overall uh, i read on twitter somewhere else somebody saying he went to 20th overall so yeah nobody knows what to do at this point and and it's really really interesting now while you don't want to say how upset you are with Le'Veon bell his center marquise pouncey had no problem saying it uh he said i just felt confident that he was going to come but not now that he didn't obvious is Le'Veon over the steelers and we're the steelers and we're going to play as the steelers now, when it's game time and you have 14 million lumen out there and you're still not here and your team really wants you here, at this point, we got James Conner. So he sounds confident in James Conner. He has no choice, really, at this point. Um, 
obviously, if you're someone who rosters Bell in your league, you said you only have him in one league. I don't think I really have Bell in any leagues. But um, if you're someone who has him and you have James Conner, obviously, that's the best situation for you and you're going to play him. Um, but for those asking, I mean, I, I actually see a lot of people asking, should I start James Conner this week? I mean, obviously, the answer is yes if Bell doesn't play, which obviously that's what it looks like. So um, I did I did grab some some questions that I got off of uh, the Fancy Life app that were asked in the Clock Dodgers chat on there. So I want to throw some of these out there with you, Adam, and see what you think, all right? All right, let's go. We got one from uh, B. Joffrey, and he straight up asks, Jordan Howard or James Conner this week? Is that any question for you, man? Is that, is that does that really give you a pause? I don't know how much James Conner is giving you a pause right now, so I'm curious, you know, your thoughts. No, this is giving me pause, but not because of James Conner. Uh, it's actually more because of Jordan Howard and the negative game script that I expect Chicago to be in against Green Bay. Um, I mean, Aaron Rodgers in prime time. I, I do not see Chicago keeping up with it, and because of that, they're going to be in more passing down situations. On a Matt Nagy offense, you're now going to run into situations where if you're having to play up-tempo, if you're having to play from behind, you're probably not going to see as much Jordan Howard on the field uh, as you'll see Tyree Cohen. So I don't think that that situation is going to be great for Howard. Uh, and to counter that, you have probably a really good game, game script situation for the Steelers um, playing against the Browns. Granted, you know they are playing in Cleveland, and the Browns are probably – better than they've been in the past but we have no idea what to expect from cleveland um cleveland's defense has been solid past two years so i mean i don't know if i would pull the trigger it's really close though for me uh, as far as james connor over uh over jordan howard yeah i'd go howard for sure you know how much i love jordan howard um and i'm not buying the whole you know when it comes to the passing game howard's coming off the field i mean obviously Cohen's going to get his play, but I don't think it necessarily means Howard has to come up the field at him. Well, they're not going to play them both at the same time. They're not going to run a lot of 21 personnel out there. I understand that, Adam. I understand that. So what are you saying? I'm saying Howard can catch the ball a little better. A large number of plays in a game in which they're probably going to lose. I'm saying every time they're going to pass the ball, it doesn't mean Cohen's going to be in the field. Gotcha. I so think Howard's gonna, you just you know, mean that sometimes when they throw the ball, Howard will also be standing right. on the field. Right. <laughs> also. <laughs> I've heard standing on the field while the ball is being thrown is not a stat in fantasy. He's going to catch that ball, though. That's oh, really? Yeah. Okay. He's going to be running around and stuff like that, you know, getting involved. Um, yeah. So, I mean, James Conner is cool, but I just can't. I don't know, man. The situation's all foggy over there. I can't just roll with him week one over Jordan Howard. I feel like I got to roll with the sure thing. Um, and let Connor kind of prove his prove his value, prove his worth. It's just a weird situation. Uh, I don't want to be a part of it week one, man. So I don't know, especially though. I mean, if Le'Veon isn't playing at all, no word from him whatsoever. They might give James Connor a huge workload just as a statement, especially in a game script where they're likely going to be ahead. Uh, Stop hating the, on the Browns, bro. To me, that is a no, big game this year, this week. No, this that the Browns actually, could score a ton of points at them. It, it definitely could be. In fact, Tyrod Taylor is one of my favorite sleeper quarterbacks uh, this week. Um, Scott Barrett uh, ended up tweeting out just the other day a really interesting statistic that in eighty percent of situations last year, the Steelers ran a zone defense, and Tyrod Taylor was one of the most efficient quarterbacks, if not, I believe, the most efficient quarterback against zone defenses last year. Um, so it does actually set up really well for Cleveland's offense. I just think overall, 
when it comes down to the end of the game, yeah, Cleveland might keep it close for a little while. I think that Pittsburgh can pull away at the end of the game. I mean, Pittsburgh, personally, I think is a Super Bowl caliber team. So which as way you they leaning, pull Adam? away, which way are you the leaning? End of the game. What's that? Which way are you leaning here, man? Howard or, or Connor? I'm gonna go. I'm I'm gonna go Connor. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go wow. out on the limb. And I'll say if Le'Veon. If Le'Veon, if there's no word from Le'Veon, he doesn't suit up, he's 100% not playing, I'm going Connor over Howard. All right. I mean, you hit some important points there about the game. You hit important points about the Bears game. I think, you know, you, you, got, a, you got the right idea there, man. I just, ah, no, man, I can't go Connor. I can't do it. That was, that's such an interesting one. I can't do it. But it's a, it's a, it's a very so good question. It's so hard to pull the trigger on. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, the next one, Wrath of Doom. He's basically asking James Connor or one of Chris Carson or Carlos, Carlos Hyde. Yeah, I think I think Connor is an easier one here, maybe. Yeah, I think I think I'm definitely going Connor over yeah. both of those guys. Hyde's playing Pittsburgh. I might play him over Howard, so yeah. Yeah. And Carson's playing Denver. So yeah. I would go Connor there, Mr. Rash sure. Doom. And the last one, uh, a Bell owner, he does not have Connor yet, but he's asking, would you trade Mad Brita for Connor? I probably wouldn't, um, but that comes more from my own personal standpoint where I don't like to hedge in fantasy football. I'm not the type who's going to take two players that are only going to have one outcome a lot of the time. Um, I think that this is kind of an interesting situation because if you're the bell owner, um, I mean, getting the quote-unquote handcuff in Connor would be beneficial if, if Le'Veon does end up holding out. But best case scenario for you as the Le'Veon Bell owner is that he doesn't hold out and he plays 15 or 16 weeks this season, in which case you're basically giving up Connor for like, or you're you're basically trade you're basically trading for Connor when it's completely pointless. So yeah, personally, I wouldn't make that trade. I wouldn't make it either. I understand it, and I understand that you feel pressured into it. You know, a little bit of peer pressure because you got Bell and you're like, damn, I'm getting shorted right now, but. I mean, really, at this point, you start Brita. What's the difference? You you already got the come up. You got Brita, right? I mean, he wasn't supposed to be the starter either. So you kind of made up for, I mean, not that he's Bell, but you kind of made up for the loss. How much better will Connor be than Brita anyway? Who really knows? So uh, I like the idea of keeping Brita. Bell comes back, hopefully, sooner than later. And then you have two guys that, you know, you can start instead of just one. So yeah, I always play for upside. You, Best I actually case agree with you. And I'm glad you gave your personal opinion, Adam, because that is why you're here. Um, so thank well, you for giving your opinion. opinion you have to pay for. Yeah, thank you for giving your opinion rather than, you know, somebody else's. You know, appreciate that. I can find an opinion. <laughs> no, nah, it's good. Yours is fine. Um, speaking of Brita, though, he is one of the debates circling around the fantasy football community right now. Obviously, at this moment, you know, the San Francisco 49ers have Alfred Morris. They have Matt Brita. They, you know... Lost McKinnon, and so now we're in this situation where they did announce Brita is a starter, um, and everyone is saying, which guy do I start? I mean, which guy do I use? Do I, do I lean one over the other? Just because they announced a guy a start, starter, we've seen in fantasy, that doesn't always matter, obviously. Um, so a lot of people are kind of in a, in, a, in, a, in a weird spot here. You know, is neither guy useful? Are, are both going to be useful, one or the other? Um, my take, you know, we discussed this, you know, offline, obviously, Adam, um, you know, I feel like Morris obviously isn't a flashy guy, 
And Shanahan's offense, in my opinion, kind of requires some flash, man. McKinnon was that, obviously, before he went down. And now Breed is a starter, and I feel like he's the only guy that could really provide flash at this point, provide a little bit of upside. So for me, he's the guy that, although I know some people feel like they don't know a lot about him, they haven't seen a lot from him, I feel like he's 100% the back for me to own in San Fran, and it's not really hard. I'm not even questioning it. You know, I don't think it's a big gamble. I think it's pretty easy for me to to make that decision. Um, Morris just doesn't do much for me, you know, as far as, you know, the upside and all that kind of stuff. Will he get goal line carries? Is that all he's going to do? I mean, I don't know. So, um, you know, I feel like neither is a bad guy to have, you know, on your, on your lineup, in your roster or whatever. But if I'm, if I'm picking one, I'm picking Brita. I don't know if you lean the same way with me here or, or not, but. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely do. I think that Brita, I, I, I think it's interesting the way you decided to put it in the sense that he has more flash. I think really what that is is he just has three-down capability in the sense that he actually can do something in the passing game. Right. Um, I mean, I don't think that it's any shock to anyone who's ever watched Alfred Morris play that he's a better passing down option than <laughs> Alfred Morris. Uh, Alf has never really shown uh, much in the passing game aside from that one uh, what that one Pro Bowl. I don't know if you remember that, but there was a Pro Bowl where Alf had like four catches for 85 yards or something. Um, so you're but, saying uh, it can happen, but not, Adam, no. <laughs> yeah, it, it can definitely happen. Um, but nonetheless, I think that, that Brita just – he offers more. Uh, and then just this week he was named as the starter more or less there. He's been running with the first-team offense in practice. So I think he just fits more what they want to do in that offense. And he also has been there all off season, so they've had the opportunity to – really scheme for his skill set and also understand his skill set and then he just has had the chance to learn the offense so since he knows the offense he probably knows the playbook better than Alfred Morris who just came in there he's gonna have more of an opportunity to play on passing downs and to run a larger number of snaps so yeah I think Reed is just gonna be the first one who really gets a crack at it they're definitely going to have a committee approach there. I have no doubt in my mind in that. Um, but that was always going to be the case. I think right. that was even going to be the case with McKinnon. The reason we all like McKinnon was because mm-hmm. in small samples, he looked phenomenal. And it's going to be a high-powered offense. So if we think that carries over and it's still going to be a high-powered offense, I think Breed is someone to own. 100%. Absolutely. I, I wouldn't even start Morris in a league unless I was like super desperate. Um, but Brita, I would have, you know, no problem starting. I think he's at the very least flex worthy. Um, but who knows, you know, what, 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 we'll see what it turns out to be, you know, what, where his, you know, where his ceiling goes. But I, I have good confidence in the guy, man. So we'll see. Um, obviously, really quick. Yeah. Just just that being said, this week, I would not want to play either against the Vikings. I don't think that's a good situation to, to start either. And unless you're really desperate. This guy here. This guy. No, I'm just I mean, no, you're I'm just talking kidding. more like kidding. you want to start him this week. You just no, said he yeah. might be running no, 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 back no. too flex-worthy. Tight, I just tight don't spot. think that's the case. Tight spot, tight spot. Things have happened. Things have things have happened here. Listen, in this guy's case, like we just talked about, he has Bell. Bell's not playing. He could trade for Connor. Or does he just start Brita? I start Brita. Yes. That's in, fair. You know what I'm saying? In this case. So it just depends. I'm not going to go into it like, oh, I'm starting him as my number one guy or nothing like that. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes out. Um, obviously, man, you know, 
we're, the way we're going to do a hey, the way we're carrying this show if anyone isn't clear at this point is we're cutting out all that fat all that bullshit we're not sitting here breaking down every game for you guys we're not sitting here giving you something that every single website in the world already gives you uh, every single podcast in the world already gives you me and adam aren't playing these games so let's just go straight i want to ask you really quick favorite nfl matchup this week fantasy wise do you do you see a certain game where you're like you know i have to have a piece of this one way or the other like even if it's a second you know wide receiver two a running you know a, a ppr running back that you just feel better about this week than you do in other weeks i mean is there like a, a game that you're like really targeting and having a piece of it some you know one way or the other a slice of it i mean to me this seems super obvious but there i mean there's a couple interesting ones but it's the texans and the patriots yeah i mean every single player in that game is fantasy viable and i want to play all of them i think that <laughs> game can go I, I honestly, like, I think it's going to go over its point total. I think there's an easy chance that it surpasses 70-plus points as far as both teams combined go. I mean, that's just – that has potential just fun shootout written all over it. And honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if the Texans upset the Patriots. The Patriots have kind of had a history of starting slow and with Edelman not being there and, you know, losing Cooks from last year. I think it's just going to be interesting to see how the Patriots start and – you know, Deshaun Watson and the Texans are going to want to prove that what he did last year wasn't a fluke, and they're going to want to come out strong against the Patriots. So, to me, that's the game I'm most excited about. But there is a couple games and uh, a couple noon games, too, that I'm looking at that all look really interesting. Let me ask you this. Well, obviously, we talked about the Cleveland-Pitt game, which I feel like is a wild card game. I really like it, um, especially if Cleveland can get offense going. Um, Definitely but agree. I'm curious what you think as far as – the Oakland Rams game because that's Monday night and I'm curious if there's any guys that either you you know you don't want to start because you're worried about how to play out and you'd rather you know play a guy you know on Sunday or if there's guys that you're besides like obviously like the Todd Gurley that you're super you know interested or intrigued to seeing what happens in that game yeah I mean that's actually a really good point there are two Monday night games this week you've got the Rams and the Raiders and then you've also got the Jets and the Lions um lucky for fantasy players these seem like obvious matchups even though you're probably going to disagree uh, i think that <laughs> you start most or all of your lions and you bench. i don't i don't really know if there's a jet that i could play i mean let's if, if we're going to start with the easy monday night matchup first i think that that's the easy one i think you start basically all your lions although the Lions running game, I don't feel really confident in any Lions running back. Um, I mean, LeGarrette Blunt, if you're desperate in a standard league, would be all right, because I think he might fall into the end zone. Um, but I'm probably not starting on Johnson or, or Theo Riddick or anything like that. Um, but all the Lions receivers, I think, are in play, depending on you know the size of your league. Uh, Rams-Raiders, though, like you started, I mean, you're probably not going to like it, but on the Raiders, I'm probably not playing anyone outside of Amari Cooper this first week and Amari Cooper I mean I know I'm probably just playing him based on draft capital yeah I mean no I actually I actually understand that and I mean even playing yeah. Amari Cooper with the cornerbacks that they have now yes. Peters and Tlaib I mean you're you're playing with fire almost even there I mean it sucks yeah, to say if that you have, if you have better options and better matchups I mean this is the hard thing is week one is always kind of had the standpoint of start your studs like whoever you drafted first but I personally I'm always going to go into the matchups I mean it just to me that's what makes fantasy football interesting and yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you feel about your Raiders. Of course, there's probably a part of you that wants them to, you know, have a chance of contending in that game. But 
I mean, I could easily see the Rams running up the score. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I like basically all my Rams in that game. You know, if I have Brandon Cooks, I'm probably starting Brandon Cooks in that matchup. Um, Cooper Cup, I'm starting. Robert Woods, I'm starting. You know, Gurley, obviously. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a situation where it's like start all Rams and then Raiders, I mean – you're trying to find reasons to not have to start him. I mean, how do you feel about somebody like Marshawn Lynch in that matchup? Again, man, the Rams, vicious D-line. Uh, yeah, and potentially bad game script, too, where they're yeah. playing from behind. So. Yeah, I mean, I seen Amari Cooper say mention something about, you know, they may have to score every single drive if they want to even hang in this game. And it doesn't sound that far-fetched when you really look at it on paper. Um, the one thing I was going to mention was uh, with, with Cooper – I'm really curious because the Raiders signed Brendan LaFell like last week or earlier this week. And I'm curious if that means that Cooper will get more of a shot in the slot. I'm just curious huh. if that does because Jordy outside, LaFell outside, Cooper, if he, if he can get moved inside sometimes, um, which I'm curious about. Because why sign a guy like him otherwise? You know what I mean? Why sign a veteran, older guy? Not that he's super old, but he's older. Like what's the point of that other than, you know, to give Cooper – more of an opportunity in the slot. That's the only thing I could think of. Like, it's the only thing that makes sense. Unless they just feel like, you know, Cooper's going to need a breather and LaFell will be a guy to come in for him. But I just kind of – I guess I keep hoping and well-wishing that Cooper's going to get some slot opportunities. And who knows? Maybe we'll see if it happens. But um, Yeah, I could see it. Um, I mean, I could see them moving Jordy into the slot as well. I mean, let's be honest. Seth Roberts doesn't do much for yeah, anybody. Doesn't, doesn't know. Nope. So <laughs> he's, he's just kind of a guy there. Um, but, uh, but with that in mind, like – yeah, I ex- kind of expected all along that Cooper would see a little bit more slot work this year. I just think they're going to move Cooper around a lot more. I expect him to have a really, really high target volume at the end of the year. So, you know, I I think that LaFell, whether they brought him in or not, I think it's more of a depth play than anything else. But it at least shows, you know, that they're looking more at outside receivers for depth than they are for interior. So for they're sure. probably more willing to move either Cooper or Nelson to the interior if need be. For sure. Do you have a, a sleeper this week, man? Just a guy that you Ooh, feel, um, you know, really good about that, you know, obviously isn't going to be necessarily high on rankings yet or you feel like this is going to be his day to show it all? Like, is there any any person that you really feel is standing out to you that, like, although ranking-wise or matchup-wise, or not even matchup, but just ranking-wise, like, he's not obviously up on top of people's rankings, but, like, you feel like, man, it's hard for me not to put this guy in my lineup. Like, I, I want to so bad. <laughs> Yeah, here's a sleeper that uh, that I do like a lot this week. Uh, I even um, picked him up in a high-stakes league that I drafted last night, and I, I think I'm probably going to start him, uh, is Austin Safarian Jenkins. Uh, I think this is probably one of the best matchups for ASJ on the year. Uh, he's going up against the Giants, who were pretty awful against tight ends last year. And then we already saw in preseason this year, uh, they gave up that big touchdown and, and pretty big game to David Njoku. I mean, preseason isn't everything. Preseason often doesn't mean much, but it was at least showing that they continue to have a hole in that in that part of the defense. So I think that it's a great matchup for ASJ. Um, I mean, if you're somebody who decided to stream tight end or you've got a tight end who you think's just in a rough matchup, I, I do think ASJ has has good potential this week. 
Yeah, that's not a bad play, especially with Marquise Lee going down. It's just a lot of signs point to, to ASJ. Hope, hopefully the Jaguars get the tight end going more. You know what I mean? Because it's never really been a big focal point of the offense. But now they finally have a guy worthy of it. And then they obviously dealt with the wide receiver injuries. He may be the safest bet on that team now at this point at receiver. <laughs> so Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, Bortles showed last year that he can, you know, exploit that matchup. Right. There was the uh, Mercedes-Lewis three-touchdown fluke game in London. So <laughs> there's, there's always that outlandish potential of uh of Bortles like honing in on ASJ so yeah yeah, I think that's an interesting one all right I'm gonna go deep on this one my guy is John Ross oh I like it Ross man now again you know if you if your team is stacked and you got plenty of wide receivers like I know it's gonna be hard to get him in there to convince yourself to squeeze him in but the guy's going against basically I think what is the worst secondary if not you know definitely in contention for it we don't well see how this season goes but last season they were but you know you know the Bengals have you know, allowed him to flash this season. He's obviously healthy. I just feel like a lot of things are going to fall in place for him, man. And I feel good about the Bengals matchup, obviously. So again, it's going to be hard if you're in a you know in a smaller league or a league with less roster spots. You have a lot of flex spaces and whatnot. But I feel like if you can get John Ross in your lineup, he's one of those guys that's really going to flash early. Um, especially after the preseason he had that one big catch. Man, I was already getting trade offers then. So if you got him now, if you've stuck with him, if you drafted him in Dynasty last year. Or if you drafted him this year, late, it's just a you know a lottery ticket. I feel like he's gonna he's gonna be one of those lottery tickets that pay off. So um, week one coming out the gates on fire, man. I, I'm rolling with John Ross. Let me see where you're at with John Ross because I actually uh, I have him in a league that I wasn't really considering starting him, but uh, I'm I'm curious I'm curious where your head's at and like where <laughs> exactly you see John Ross. So uh, would you start Jam- uh, John Ross over Jameson Crowder in PPR? Hmm. Jamison Crowder, man. You know I got a thing for Jamison Crowder. That's a tough one. Going up against the Cardinals. Yeah. I think think I'm going to have to go Crowder. Uh, I just feel like he's going to have high volume, too. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to go Crowder. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree. But but it's interesting. Like, uh, is there anybody who comes to mind that you would start John Ross over or somebody who's good in a bad matchup or, or somebody who you think was just drafted higher than him that you think he'll outperform this week? Um, I mean, I haven't, I'm not looking at any, any rankings in particular in front of me right now. I would play him for sure over any of the Jaguars wide receivers, obviously. Okay. Um, cause I just don't trust any of them yet. You know, we don't know what's going to happen there. Um, I would play him against guys like Sterling Shepard, who I feel to have a bad matchup against the Jaguars. Um, Again, obviously over the Raiders, over Jordy Nelson. I don't know if that's a surprise or not. Okay. Um, no, so that, yeah. I think that that sounds about right. Jordy Nelson was kind of in that wide receiver three, wide receiver four flex range. So. Yeah, so I was starting around that range. Um, yeah, that's probably where I would put him in that range. In that range for me, I don't want to get too crazy on it, but I do think he has a real opportunity, you know, to flash. Um, and it just depends. There may be particular guys that are higher in some people's rankings that I would play him over. Just you know, I just might not like him as much as the next guy. But um, I do feel good about him, man. And, and another guy, Will Fuller, has a chance if he's healthy, man. You mentioned the New England game. It's hard to sit him in a game like that. So you know, we'll see where these guys, how these guys play. But I like those. You know, you know, I like those guys, Adam. The the big play potential guys, man. Where all it takes, they can have a slow game, and all it takes is that one play to set it right, man. So. I can't. Uh, I I always uh I always fall there, man. I always fall for those guys. <laughs> I always I always give in there. So that's my sleeper of the week, John Ross. Um, do you have a as far as streaming any any guy that comes to mind really quick before we? I want to jump over to foul or no foul and wrap this thing up. Um, any any streamer this week? 
Yeah, I mean, I mentioned Tyrod earlier, and yeah. uh, Tyrod Taylor is somebody who I'm streaming in one league that uh, I just ended up passing on quarterback. People were drafting quarterback way too early, and then I just got to the point where I just said, you know, let it be, and I ended up taking my quarterback at my very last pick of the draft and took Tyrod, and I'm happy to start him week one and then just stream from there. It's a league where there's, I think, like over 10 quarterbacks on the waiver wire, so it's a great league to stream in. Um, outside of Tyrod, uh, some guys who were going late in drafts who I think have really great week one matchups uh, from a streaming perspective at quarterback – uh, Andy Dalton, I think, is probably going to be the favorite of everybody out there. I mean, he was being drafted outside the top 20, sometimes outside the top 24 in uh, in most leagues, and, and he has a great matchup against the Colts. And then probably the other one who I do like this week uh, that's in a matchup where they are favored, um, but in, in an interesting matchup against the Seahawks because the Seahawks have what a lot of people would perceive as a good defense because they've been said to have a good defense for so many years now that I think it's just ingrained in people's minds, but that defense is beat up. And, uh, I think case Keenum has good opportunity to exploit them. And, uh, yeah, I think case would probably be my other sleeper quarterback out there. If you're really desperate, I'd probably start. Well, I definitely would start Tyrod and Dalton over, uh, over Keenum. But, you know, if you're in a really deep league and you run into a situation where you only drafted, you know, Carson Wentz or something, and you're desperate. I, I like Keenum as well. Yeah, definitely no longer the Legion of Boom in Seattle. Not at uh, all. Not what people think. Um, and, and just backtracking really quick. Again, it's kind of a sleeper thing, but I can't help but think about this guy again. Um, TJ Yeldon, man. I I can't shake this, but I feel like in PPR leagues, and this is even just season outlook, not even just week one, but just like in general, I feel like I got to say it again because I've said it before, but I feel like I got to say it again. I don't believe he's just a Fournette handcuff. I really don't. Um, I think he's flex-worthy in PPR. Um, I think that the Jaguars want to preserve Fournette a little bit this year. They know. Um, I know some people hate when you call him injury-prone, but he is. It's just the way it is. Like He just happens to fall into that category. But um, I just feel like TJ Yeldon is definitely definitely worthy to be on your bench. If you're in a league where you got an extra spot on the bench and you're not sure what to do with it and he's available for some reason, I feel like he definitely needs to be on everyone's you know everyone's roster. But I feel like he's going to have a lot of sneaky games this year. So whether it's week one and you're in some crazy tight jam or crazy deep league, um, TJ Yeldon's another guy that I can't seem to shake for some reason. So I just want to throw that out there. Oh, um, this this will be fun. Let, let's do a season-long bet. Uh, two guys who are going right around the same ADP. Okay. You can take TJ Yeldon. I get Javoyas Allen, PPR. 100% I'll take that every day of the week. Oh, let's do it. I love it. I knew you'd be in on it. <laughs> I know you're big on Javoyas Allen, but I'm going to take Yeah. That. Oh, man. I think Javoyas Allen's in great position. I, I mean, I really, really do. I, I do not think Alex Collins is nearly the threat to a workload that Leonard Fournette is. And it's potentially in a better offense, which, I mean – the Jags and the Ravens probably both don't have good offenses, but angry Joe Flacco. Come on, man. Angry <laughs> Joe Flacco. Don't don't speak that name on this podcast. <laughs> speak that name. Don't speak that name, man. Listen, let's jump over to foul or no foul, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Um, the first one I have for you, OBJ won't reach 100 yards and also won't catch a touchdown in week one versus the top cornerback in football, Jalen Ramsey. Foul or no foul. 
No foul. Yeah, I think Jalen Ramsey's got his number. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I do. I, I think that OBJ, is, he's, he's an emotional diva wide receiver. I mean, he's amazing. Don't get me wrong. But he's just that archetype, man. He, he's an emotional guy. He plays with his you know, emotions on his sleeve. And because of that, cornerback's going in his head. And Jalen Ramsey's has had his number in multiple games already. I don't think Eli's going to like scheme him open and put him in great situations. And I mean, the Giants have more weapons than they've ever had before with OBJ on a team. So I think it's going to make it really easy just to look the other way and not target the guy covered by Jalen Ramsey. So, yeah, I, I think it's pretty easy. Uh, I, I'd probably even go a step further and I'd say that I wouldn't be surprised if OBJ gets held under 10 points in PPR. Wow. OBJ slander right now. So let me ask you this then. If you think that, OBJ or Amari Cooper this week? Oh, that is a good one. Um, Oh, man. Oh, that's tough. They're really close. I think I'd probably still go OBJ. Um, okay. Just from a position of I probably couldn't live with myself if I started Cooper <laughs> over OBJ and OBJ went off. Um but that being said, I think that there's some other guys who are like in in better matchups um, that I think are right there with OBJ. Like there are some wide receiver twos that in better matchups I would feel comfortable starting over OBJ. Yeah, like a, like a Chris Hogan, for instance, or, or uh, let me think of some other guys who are who are in like good situations this week. I gotta be um, honest, man. I love when people get crazy and they do they do bench the obj and the amari cooper and they and they play a chris hogan or even if they get real crazy and they go like they say oh well fuller's gonna have a big game this week i'm gonna trust them like it's crazy when people take those risks because i know it's hard because not only are you trying to like justify it to yourself that it's just ridiculous to do it but like even just a criticism you know you're giving everyone a free shot at you when it doesn't work um but when it pays out man like you know that happens a lot in dfs and you know different things where you go with the guy that's less owned by most people and it's just like, man, it's, it's, you know, we're looking at a situation here, week one, where, like, on paper, just talking about it right now, hashing out with each other, it doesn't sound crazy that OBJ and Cooper both don't have a great week right now. Yeah, I, I mean, it's one of those where, like, in DFS, it's, it's kind of a throwaway. Like, right. you're always going to start lineups that have low ownership because right. that's – but in fantasy, I mean, imagine you're money. playing a guy who but benches like, OBJ for Hogan. in a weekly Hogan. matchup in week one of the fantasy season, oh, man, benching OBJ, like, that that takes some cojones. Uh, yeah. Like, you've yeah. got you've to gotta really be, you know, confident in whoever you're starting him over. But I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility. I mean, I was drafting Jarvis Landry sometimes as my third or fourth wide receiver on teams. So, right. like, a Jarvis Landry I would start over OBJ this week in PPR leagues. So. Right. You know, there, there's options out there. There are. Definitely are. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how next week's episode will be interesting to see how we look at this when we come back. Um, oh, yeah. The next one. Todd Gurley will be the number one running back in PPR week one versus the now Khalil Mackless Oakland Raiders. Foul or no foul? Foul. I mean, I would take the field almost over any individual. Um, but, I, I mean, I really like Kamara this week against Tampa Bay, getting the full workload up there uh, for New Orleans. I think that he's in a great situation. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there were, you know, some quote-unquote sleeper running back candidates. Right. Uh, I mean, 
even like an Alex Collins, who I don't think is going to have an amazing season, but he's in a great matchup against the Bills, um, who just can be ran all over. Um, so, I mean, there, there was some situations out there. I mean, we haven't seen David Johnson in a year. Maybe people forgot what he can do when he catches 10 balls in a PPR league. I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, the Cardinals outside of Larry Fitzgerald and him, I mean, they really they don't have much. So he's going to see a ton of targets this year. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't just take Gurley against any other player. Uh, if I had to pick one individual player, I might, I might pick David Johnson over Gurley. In reality, it's just maybe that Raider defense didn't need Khalil Mack. <clears throat> I, get, I, get, I get what you're getting to, Adam. I got it. I got you, man. I got you. No. <laughs> all right. All right. Ooh, wait, wait. Now let me throw a question at you. I'm, I'm going to interrupt Fowler and Fowler for a minute because I'm really curious because I heard this floated out there to me by a friend who was asking me whether or not he should start Jamal Williams this week. Do you think that Khalil Mack on the Bears defense now makes them like a top five rush defense? Do you think it really impacts the their ability to defend the rush that dramatically? Um, I mean, he's a disruptor, man. Like in general, it's not just a. I agree. It's not just oh, a yeah. sack thing. You know what I mean? Like he he gets everywhere. Um, so I think he does make. A, I think he does give them a big boost. I don't know how much right away though. You know, he hasn't gotten to practice with them. He hasn't gotten to gel with anybody. Um, but guys like him, you know, they may get a sack or two in a game without even practicing with the team. But when it comes to stopping the run and, and you know taking all these calls, I don't know how much he can, you know, how much he could do that quickly. But um, I do think he dramatically changes the defense and you know brings him another element. Um, but I don't know if it's enough to make me like not want to play Jamal Williams or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, no, I'm right on the same page with you. Yeah. I think it's going to take a little time for him to end up gelling with that defense and. Aaron Rodgers led offense on prime time. I mean, I just like I, I can't not start that running back, especially yeah. with no Aaron Jones there. Like, if you drafted Jamal Williams, you have to start him. This yeah, this was your opportunity. You dra- yeah, this exactly. is why you drafted. Him. Exactly. You got two weeks without Aaron Jones. It's a matchup that they're favored in. They're playing at home. They're in prime time. It's Aaron Rodgers. Like, it's just to me, it's a no-brainer. Jamal Williams feels like a guy who I'm starting. In almost every league. Yeah, I would play him for sure. Khalil Mack wouldn't stop me. Let's be honest. I mean, the Raiders aren't the Bears' defense, but he wasn't stopping anybody in Oakland. <laughs> just saying. I'm just saying. I might be a little that, bitter. That was know. my whole point, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't stopping anybody in Oakland. Nobody was like, oh, man, I can't play this running back against the Oakland Raiders. They got Khalil exactly. Mack out there. <laughs> exactly. So, so, yeah, I'm not really worried about it. Um, the next one. Andy Dalton will be a top 10 quarterback week one versus the Colts. Foul or no foul? I'm going to say foul. Um, I had the chance of either uh, drafting Andy Dalton in that league that I talked about or just waiting it out and taking Tyrod. And uh, it probably wouldn't have made much of a difference to the end of my roster as far as like how it was assembled. And I just waited it out and took Tyrod. Um, I think in four point per passing touchdown leagues, uh, which. I mean, honestly, Andy Dalton offers a lot of rushing potential, so it's not like Tyrod gets a huge boost. Um, but I think that he gets a little bit of an added boost. I, I think that Dalton is a good streamer. Um, does he have top time potential for the week? Definitely. But I probably wouldn't bank on it. Um, and against other streamers, I, I'm playing Tyrod over him personally. Gotcha. That's fair. He, I think he'll have a good week, like you said, but top 10, you know, we'll see. We'll see. He doesn't have to have top 10 to be great, though. We'll see. Um, the last one, uh, fantasy players can feel comfortable 
Started in tight end Tyler Eifert in week one. Foul or no foul? Foul? How can you feel comfortable? <laughs> I'm pretty sure the guy's made out of twig. I'm pretty sure that he might be the scarecrow. Has anyone checked to see if he's the scarecrow from uh, Wizard of Oz? Listen, man, don't tweet at him and tell him this. Hey, man, somebody tweeted Tyler Eifert and find out he is scarecrow. Don't, don't break it. This is karma, guys. Don't do it. Don't let Adams, don't let Adams suck you into that. But, uh, no, yeah, man, I, I see a lot of I, people taking him. You know, a lot of people, like, you know, obviously a lot of people are getting him at a decent value and they feel good, like, if he plays, like, you know, if he's healthy. But it's like I feel like a lot of people are going to start him this week, you know, in hopes that it's the first game. How bad can it be? And uh, I don't know, man. A lot of people might be let down. <laughs> if you dra- I feel like if you drafted Tyler Eifer, you almost have to start him in week one because it might be the only game he plays. But – that being said, like to me, he's not Jordan Reed. He's not a guy who, in his small sample, has been the number one tight end in fantasy, which is what Jordan Reed was in a small sample when he was healthy. I mean, people don't realize that he performed better than Rob Gronkowski in PPR leagues. Like Jordan Reed has amazing potential when he's healthy. Tyler Eifert is kind of lumped into that same category as Jordan Reed, when to me, he's more like a Zach Ertz at best when healthy, which is still really impressive, but he's Zach Ertz on a worse offense with a worse quarterback. So it's like, eh, I mean, I just, to me, Tyler Eifert doesn't really do much. I didn't ever draft him because in the position where he's going in drafts, I was comfortable just drafting people that were better streamers and like, for instance, I talked about ASJ earlier. I would play Austin Safarian Jenkins. I would stream Austin Safarian Jenkins over Tyler Eifert. Gotcha. In the, in the one big year that Eifert has kind of hung on to that, you know, keeps fantasy fans drooling, was 2015. He had 52 receptions on 74 targets, 615 receiving yards with 13 touchdowns. Yeah, so man. That's kind of the that's big one. <laughs> that's a lot of touchdowns. That's a lot of touchdowns. That's a lot. Of course, the remember, big thing. Do you remember is, Andy Dalton was like a top five quarterback that year too? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll see. You know, obviously. so was Blake Bortles. <laughs> yeah. So well, know, we're, we're hoping for the guy. We're, we're putting the well wishes out there, but you know, it's scary. Hey, I hope he stays healthy. It's that's scary. all I can say. Yeah. All right. Just so everyone knows, me and Adam will be back in this spot one episode per week, dropping off fantasy football insight, debate, discussions. Of course, Adam, we want them to be a part of it, you, the listeners. Um, so reach out through all social media channels. Don't hit up Adam. Just hit up me, at Clock Dodgers. He's irrelevant. No. <laughs> at, the, at the other FF guy. You're there, Adam, right? You're useful. Hey, man. It's a catchy handle. People it will is. remember it. It is. If you have questions for the show, hit us up. You know, you got a fire take you want us to share. Um, if you disagree with something, it's possible, Adam. It is possible that people can disagree with us. Um, if they do, you know, of course, hit us up. Well, you know, don't, just don't be a silent listener, man. Again, didn't I just talk about interaction? Like, you could be anti-social, anti-social everywhere else, but just don't do it with the podcast, you know? Treat this like politics, man. Make your voice heard. Isn't that what they say? Or does it make your voice count? Could be count. Yeah, vote. Go vote. out and vote, yeah, people. Vote. Yeah. Neil, the point Neil's <laughs> making is we need to get out and vote. Get out and vote. It's very important. Very important. That's all I'm trying to get at. Participate um, in your local elections. It's always really getting that here. Volunteer. It's very Less important. of a fantasy podcast, more <laughs> of a youth revolution podcast. Honestly, that's what this whole thing has been building up to. This has really <laughs> been nothing about fantasy football and all about the youth revolution. I want you to vote. That's it. That's it. I could have said that in the beginning, but you just wouldn't have listened to me. Um, before we go, I do want to throw a twist at the end of each episode, Adam. 
I do want to do this. I want me and you to share one thing that we're digging, man, that we're digging this week, that, like, we're into, man. Like, it could be anything. I don't even care, man. You could be like, hey, man, I, got, I tried this new thing at Chipotle, and it was, like, amazing. I want everyone else to try it. Like, I don't care what it is, right? So it could be fantasy football related. It could be something that, like, I just watched this guy's film, and he was amazing. I never really thought about it. You know, it could be that, but, you know, you're not really a film guy. You're one of those guys. So um, I've seen this number. I've seen this stat. It was amazing. Um, but I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go with stirring the pot here. I'm going to, you know, in the spirit of competition, Eminem released an album, um, Kamikaze, unexpected. What a shocker. And, uh, you know, he went back to his roots, took some shots at some people. Listen, if you don't know anything about it, go Google it, do some research, get caught up. I just love hip hop. I love hip hop beef. I love rap battles. And you know when a legend gets evolved, it makes it that much more entertaining, man. I know Adam, it's not your cup of tea, right? I mean, I I asked if we could not talk about it. No, we're gonna talk I, about it. I mean, I'm talking. These for are my the words. record. Anything you ask us, anything you ask us not to uh, talk about will be discussed. Yeah, I mean, I just I don't know if I'm old now or you what. You are, <laughs> but you like. Are. I don't I don't care. I don't I don't care about your rap devil oh, music you video. You should care. I don't I don't care. Like the Adam, rap don't you like competition? Thing? Like why does Eminem have rap beefs? The guy needs to be thinking about his retirement. <laughs> like, Maybe this is his what? retirement plan, sir. Maybe this is it. Trying to get that last oh, financial, he's got you the know. Floyd Mayweather retirement yeah. plan. <laughs> yeah, call out a big name, get a couple of W's, stack the bank and come back later. Oh, what, what, okay, since it's not a big deal to you, maybe I'll talk about it on another podcast. Since it's not a big deal to you, what what are you digging this week? Anything anything special out there, man? Um, I mean, anything you've been you thinking know, about? So, some, I guess if we're gonna stay on music, like something you and I have talked about a little bit. You know, I'm a huge fan of the band Twenty One Pilots. You've been digging a little bit of uh, the few singles that they've released for their upcoming album Trench, and uh, the. Uh, Lead singer of the band, Tyler Joseph, uh, just dropped an interview today that was really interesting. Uh, I think Tyler is a really articulate, well-spoken, uh, well-thought-out artist, and I think it's really compelling to like get to sit down and just kind of hear someone talk in kind of an open forum uh, about their craft and, and just about the writing process and the process of making music um so that interview was really interesting but you know if no one out there is a fan of 21 pilots or has heard any of the singles that they've came out with um they have four uh right now that have been released for their upcoming album trench and all of them are really unique and different and i mean i've been a fan of them for many many years i've seen their like entire rise to fame from going in front of you know just seeing them in front of a couple hundred people at small venues and now seeing them sell at stadiums. So it's been crazy to see. Um, but ultimately I'm like so excited for what they're doing right now. And the, the singles they've released so far are all dynamic and different and all really interesting. And as someone who's a fan of the band, this is like the best showing that I think they could have. Um, their last album, blurry face had a lot of commercial success, but to me, wasn't a really good representation of who they are as musicians and what they are as artists. Um, this, to me, has been a much better representation of that. And I know you've 
listened to them a little bit and kind of liked what you've listened to. So I guess I'll toss it back to you. Like, what have you thought of everything? No, no, we're not going to so toss far? it back to me. You shunned, <laughs> you shunned my Eminem kamikaze, and you, t- how dare you bring up music Man, right you after? You want to talk about the music. You want to talk about the beef between listen. these silly men who Okay, well, listen, that, like, listen, let me ask you tough. this. Let me ask you this, Mr. Mr. Lyrics, Mr. Whatever the guy's name is, the band's <laughs> name is, whatever. Listen, let me ask you this. A big debate right now in hip hop, right, with Eminem, okay, is that he's Mr. Lyrical, spiritual, all this kind of stuff. Everything's just about lyrical phrases. He's just throwing out like, um, someone mentioned uh, this guy, Jalen Nolan, I speak to, um, was mentioning that he, it's like um, a uh, an Olympic, uh, Olympic. I forget what words he used. Like it was like it's like he's showing out this Olympic ability of, of lyrics, right, for rapping. Um, do you feel? Do you agree that? Do you think even maybe the mainstream or your opinion, whatever? Do you feel like? Eminem is always trying to like prove something from a lyrical standpoint and not giving us content anymore. Cause I feel like in the last 10 years, I haven't liked an Eminem song hardly ever. And I used to love Eminem back in the day. I don't know if that's just like the culture has changed. My taste has changed. Or if this guy is just not doing what he used to do anymore. Do you know what I mean? Interesting. Um, I'm, I'm not into like, that lyrical to stuff. Me, where, like, to me, as an individual, I like I was a huge Eminem fan. I was a white suburban kid. Of course, I was a huge Eminem fan. Like, right. let's be honest, he made music for me. <laughs> right. But now, <laughs> has mean, he? In the last ten years, have you had Eminem no, music that he I made mean, for you? What What I think's interesting, and I guess this is my struggle with. Um, I wouldn't say a lot of hip hop, but I would say a lot of popularized hip hop is. It doesn't seem to really evolve. Mm-hmm. To me, a lot of what Eminem just put out on Kamikaze, uh, I've only given it one listen through. It wasn't very intensive. So, like, this is just me listening to it in the background while doing other things. But it just, like, it felt like he was basically just repeating the same kind of thing he's always done. You know, he does have great lyrical content. He, he's a, I mean, that that's what he does well. You know, he, he's able to craft really interesting uh, verses and, and, and really like, you know, he's, he's a lyrical wordsmith, if you will. <laughs> right. Right. But ultimately, as far as the sound goes, like, it's not like, I don't feel like it's evolved at all. I mean, it, to me, like, that's the issue is it just, I don't know. It just sounds the same. Like, and, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Cause I, I have artists that I'm a big fan of that, haven't really dramatically evolved they sound pretty much the same as they did a decade ago and you know you like it for that you like it for the nostalgia um but ultimately i guess that would be my main complaint is yeah. that like it doesn't interest me because like i've already heard it you've been doing it for years right like unless you're one of my favorite artists and you're doing the same thing over and over like like for instance i'm i'm a big fan of this uh i guess you'd call them folk punk uh but they're a band called the front bottoms they've basically sounded the same on every one of their albums, but I really like that sound. So like, even though they don't evolve dramatically as artists, like I really enjoy how they sound. So I continue to listen to their music for Eminem. Like the reason that I found him interesting as a young youth was, it was edgy and interesting. And the reason that I continued to listen to him a little bit through my teenage years was because it was still edgy and interesting. And now it just seems like an old man who has to pick beefs with guys who are younger than him in the industry <laughs> to stay relevant. And it's like, like, dude, just go back to making a country song with Ed Sheeran or whatever you're going <laughs> to do next. Like, seriously, like, you can't, 
you can't have both. You can't be hard and also do a duet with Beyonce. You're not allowed to have both. Right. <laughs> it's just like, I don't get it. it. To me, it's just, I just, I don't know. To me, it just seems fake. Like, that's yeah. that's my biggest problem with it. Yeah. Is like, I, to me, again, white suburban kid, like, I don't know a lot about hip hop, but in my experience, the thing that I appreciated most about hip hop and the thing that I most appreciate about hip hop that I still enjoy is the honesty and the vulnerability that I've heard in hip hop. And I don't really hear any of that in Eminem's music. Or if I do, it's honesty, but it's coming from the same place that it's always came from. And it doesn't really feel like he's evolved as a person. And to me, like that just, I don't know, it just doesn't really give me a reason to listen. Yeah, so basically what you're getting at here is if you want some lyrical display of masterpiece and nonstop lyrical wordsmith coming back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, then you can listen to Eminem. If you want some content, 21 Pilots is what you're saying. Sure. I, w- I, would, I, would, I would definitely co-sign that. There we go. Hot take right here from Adam. All right, see? <laughs> see? See how we get this well? See how we go all the way around a full circle, Adam? This will be the first time anybody actually talks to me on Twitter, and it's just going to be to tell me how shitty 21 Pilots <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man. As long as they everybody vote, want, right? Everybody wants to hate. Just give them something to hate. Just give them something to hate. But as long as they go vote, right? Oh, yes. Have youth, to vote. Youth resolu- Revolution. I almost say resolution every time I say that. Youth Revolution. Kanye 2020. That's all we tried to get from this episode. <laughs> Guys, as always, be kind, be great, keep dodging. <laughs>